all about video games and craft beer. I'm Ben. I'm here with a mouth movie addle. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to match you, but I know you said things slightly differently and you tripped me up. I know, I tried to do it quickly as well so you wouldn't get me this time. Yeah. Always trying. And we've got a special guest, Lauren, joining us today. Hey. Hello. How you doing? I'm good, how are you? Good, thank you. Good. Mm. We're all going to drink some beers. We're going to chat about Video games. So first, let's crack into our beers. Lauren, I've already seen you swigging. What are you drinking? <laughs> I can't believe that. So this is a collaboration beer. Um, two Finnish craft beers. It was Pyre and Hickey came together to make Sorry Brewing, and this is called We'll Always Have Paris, and it's an imperial stout with dates, coconut, and tonka bean. Um, oh wow! Ooh. It's a cool 9.5% boy, so I'm having a good time. On <laughs> nice. <this episode>. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Ado, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking the Mustalumi uh, Black Snow Black IPA. Ooh. Ah, I think I've had that. It came in a beer 52. Mm. I suspect you have. Um, and it's uh, Lumi Brewing in Espoo, Finland. And who's the actual main brewer? What is that Ruber? symbol? Anyone know who that brewer is? Oh, it's... Uh, mm. That's 71? Yes, yeah. it's 71, yeah. yeah. There we go, 71 in, the, in Lumi. Thanks, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Teammate for... Crack that one open. <laughs> Me? Definitely got a can of Stella. No. I am drinking Lost and Grounded uh, Sketches of Home Galaxy and Enigma IPA. Ooh. There's no flavour text. All I know is it's got Galaxy and Enigma in it. And it's brewed here in Bristol. It's 6.2%. It's got barley, malt, flaked oats, wheat malt, hops and yeast. Oh, so a handful of malts. Some malts, some bits, some stuff going on. Uh, Lost and Grounded, kind of known for making... Lagers, um, Keller Pills being the sort of big hit and thing. So we'll see how this is. I don't think I've had an IPA from them before. So probably have. I've probably just forgotten. In a drunken stupor. That's what happens with beers. <laughs> Obviously. Lauren, we'll come back to you as, you're, as you just had a taste. How is your beer? What's it That's like? It's delicious. It's, like a, it's like drinking in. Do you know what the, chop, uh, the caramel sauce you get with sticky toffee pudding? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like... Nice. <laughs> Super <butter>. sweet. <laughs> it's delicious. It's really, really, really smooth. It's not that that kind of... Do you know, a lot of stouts of that kind of like, ooh, back of the throat taste. It's not like mm. that. That's the best way I can put that in words. It's not that that horrible bitterness. It's really, really smooth. I think the yeah. coconut really offsets how rich the dates are. Um, mm. So yeah, get it. I think, where did I get this? I got it in a Glasgow shop, but I mean, if I can get it in Glasgow, we can get it in Br I know Bristol's got a really good um, beer hub. A lot of our friends will travel specifically to Bristol to go and get beer. Yeah. So fight, go and find it. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. That was, um, was it was, yeah, it was a collaboration. Sorry Brewing? Sorry, I, Sorry Brewing from mm. Tallinn in Estonia. Yeah. So, ah, yeah. 
had a couple of beers from them as well, but I don't think I've ever had anything from them quite up in the almost double digits. I think everything yeah, I've had from them has been... Double digit boy. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lower. one porter um, at Christmas and it was 11.5% and it was nice. a 600ml bottle. Oh, nice. It was a good time, but it was a rough <laughs> Did you share it? Did I, I, I did, begrudgingly. <laughs> <laughs> I did most of it. <laughs> it's like you have just this little bit. You yeah. taste it, and I'll have, have a sip. Of it. Thank you. Yeah. Takes nice. less than five milliliters. So I want five ninety-five plus. <laughs> Adol, how's yours? Uh, so it's a five point two percent. I forgot to say it's a uh, black IPA. Nose oh, is. Wow. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a proper black IPA. It could easily be uh, a little. Um, I mean, it, you can tell it's an IPA because it's got an actual head versus mm. usually you see stouts this color. It's actually quite soft on the nose, a little sweet, but almost nothing else going on, like no fruits, nothing else. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Tasty. so this is what I want from a black IPA, which is like those multi tastes from a stout reporter for it, but then they leave really quickly. So it's got some. A bit of biscuit, a bit of a slight bit of toffee, uh, but not not very sweet. And then it fades into uh, almost no bitterness. Actually, it's it's got mm. a bit of a drying aftertaste. It's got a bit of hoppy, uh, a, a bit of hops in the aftertaste, but again, really smooth. Uh, this won't last long, is my prediction, because <laughs> it leaves me a little dry. Um, it's really easy to drink. I like the the foretaste of that like malt forward but not super like not stouty portery like you're being hit in the face with malts just like oh these yeah. malts are happening uh and then it fades really quickly and you get again a slightly dried um mouthfeel afterwards so it's like well what should i do i should chase that taste and mm -hmm. in other words i will be swigging the fuck out of this how about you ben um not quite what I expected. It's a, um, it, it's very, um, very thin for an IPA. You know, we're oh, yeah. getting tons and tons and tons of hazy, hazy boys. And this is, is I mean, it's not completely clear. Um, it's got a little haze to it, but it's really, I don't know. I mean, they get to see your fingers through it. Yeah, you can sort of just see the, yeah. see it moving back and forth. Um, but hasn't got a huge nose to it. The flavour I'm getting it's it's, a, it's an odd combination of things going on, and I don't know whether it's just the the malts because I'm getting a little bit of citrus and getting a little bit of pininess from the hops, but they're kind of just brought down a little bit. They're they're sort of pulled back slightly. I feel that this could be a little bit bigger, mm. and along with it, there's this very slight sweet metallic kind of tinniness to it that sounds um, not great um and yeah it's just not an it's kind of almost um like in a uh, like an acidity to it almost like this acrid kind of oh. element in there mm. a little bit sort of metally and not you, really you occasionally do enough, get... but not not yeasty enough if you know what yes I mean. yeah it yeah doesn't know what it wants to be you do get it with a few beers where you get that slight kind of metal tinge to it um, you know which where, where something's trying to happen within it whether it's trying to be a little bit sweet and that's just being pulled back by maybe a little bit of bitterness or, or a piney sort of resinous kind of thing and i think this sort of sits almost somewhere in the middle of that and doesn't really 
do either of those things. But we'll see. I'll keep so drinking it. It's like uh, someone on their gap year. They've got ideas, but they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Exactly. Just float around, not really sure what's happening. Yeah. You can see mm. your fingers through them, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> got them. Oh, those crazy students. Anyway, let's start talking about video games. Well, actually, we're not going to talk about video games. Lauren. Mm. As our guest, as our new, uh, because this is the first time you've been on Tacked Up. Yes. Uh, we've threatened to have you on, I think, since we started. Yep. <laughs> Almost, yeah. Since yeah. We, definitely since we joined Out of Lives, I think. Mm. Yep. Donkey yeah. Donkey's um, so. so, who are you? What do you do? What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, some people might recognise me as the kind of resident guide goblin at PG247. Um, I do a lot of big guides for like Destiny, Fortnite, Borderlands, all the major kind of franchises, but they've now started sending me further afield to do previews and go and play games and interview people, nice. which is always fun. And I was in South Korea at the end of last year with Perilabis and that was balling. Um, South Korea was cool, Perilabis was cool, planes were actually quite cool as well. So yeah, <laughs> um, I kind of just shout a lot about The Witcher 3, obviously. Yeah. Don't worry, I've got my main man's here. No, nice. no worries. But, <laughs> yeah, I didn't bring any um, coins. <laughs> sorry, I, I keep throwing coins at him and sending <laughs> videos to my boss, and he's just like, "Could you not?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, just I write about games. I don't know why I get paid to do it. It's a real job, and alright. It's good. I started it's on good. Outer Lives like what four years ago. Wrote my wee yeah, it must be. My yeah. wee cool articles in there. <laughs> <laughs> I actually get to do it full time, so have a dream, have a dream, kids. <laughs> <laughs> One day you could be me. Because <laughs> you kind of, um, you know, you were doing quite a lot of your own sort of stuff. Um, you know, a lot of your own articles and sort of trying to um, trying to break into it for a little while, and then I guess suddenly it just happened for you. Did you did you apply oh, to loads of different stuff? Do you know, I didn't, I applied, I did a couple of freelance things, did a couple of free things, a couple of freelance things, did my own blog, wrote you guys, all that kind of thing. And then I'd went for our, what was essentially a community manager job, didn't get it, but I'm now, well, I kind of put my name in the scene and I'm now friends with the people who were doing the thing and then, you know, that's all fine. And at the same time, BG put up for a guide writer and I thought, fuck it. I did a couple of guides on one of my friends ran a kind of hobby website and I thought I'd do a couple of guides like Gwen or something on that and I applied and I shit you not, you know, coming from nursing, all of my applications, all of my CVs were really professional and well written and this one was basically like, look, I've done a couple of guides, I really want to get in, come check me out on Twitter <laughs> kind of thing and then my boss phoned me, uh, did a Skype call, ran through what we would be doing and was like, does that sound cool? And I was like, yeah, and that was me. And then they just couldn't fucking get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I came in and I came in just when Destiny Two was going to to year two with Forsaken, and it, it was just right to the picking. And the traffic did really well, and they were like, "Do you want to stay?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's it." Okay, no, it snowballed nice. from. I, I wish I had some pure heroic story, but it was basically shit posted on Twitter, shit posted my boss, and God, <laughs> and I was just like, "There you go." <laughs> so, I mean yeah I think that's actually sort of the way things seem to go is like you mm. just do your thing and you don't get discouraged and you interact and then yep. 
it might work and it might not for a while. Mm. But like, do your thing well, and someone will notice eventually. And it's starts me yet, so yeah. it's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> and and they've let you talk about The Witcher three as well. Yes. So yeah, a couple of times. Mm. A <laughs> what? How old is that game now? Four years. Uh, excuse me, it came out in two thousand nineteen for the Switch. So it's just relevant. Yes. That's true. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. That's a fair point. Yeah, that's true. Gear of the year every year. I've been saying this for five years. Fancy your original question. It's it's absolutely insane that the Netflix show kind of pushed it back into the zeitgeist so much that it's it's you know, done absolutely amazingly. Um, well, the current strategy as well is Xbox Game Pass took it just as yeah. it was coming out for mm. Netflix was like, let's pop it on the Game Pass, yeah. which, you know, Game Pass, we'll uh, talk about the Game Pass later, but I think it's one of the best inventions of the 2010s. Like, the mm-hmm. Game Pass has been flawless in its execution. When it really came out properly, the Game Pass ultimate, it was brilliant. And then adding the Witch Round, right at the end of the year, when people are off, they've watched the show, they go, mm. I can't be arsed reading a book. But I'll play a game, genius. Yeah. Whoever whoever came up with that, absolutely deserve it is. Yeah, absolutely. I, I it's, it, Curation's it really to... big. I yeah, think that, not, not to derail, but like of all of the other services that sort of do this type of thing, I think the big thing is you don't just dump a hundred games randomly. No. You have to like make and like like you said, timing is everything. Like this is coming out, it's a big deal. And it's coming out because you care that it's coming out now versus yeah. versus like I don't know uh, Stadia, um, where <laughs> it's like a bunch of old <laughs> shitty games that were shitty, old games that weren't super well reviewed. That by the but time they came out, these two months out a day already. Yeah. Like, how, how can a game that's new be out a day yeah. on a concurrent system? Like that's meant to be. You don't have any demo time. It's all in the digital and right there, and it's like, but you're still out a day. Yeah, possibly going down as the worst um, release in uh, or console service release oh, in they history. Get it at launch, they pre ordered it, and it's definitely meant to do a list of so number one order, then they can have it, and number two, and they can have it. But if you're number 400 on the list, you're waiting months, yeah. weeks after. Yeah. Some people never got them until like the last week of December and you're like, this literally came out six weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck's yep. going on here? And I think it's you're a founder. That with the yeah. By that we, we mean we fleeced you for some cash. Exactly. Because <laughs> Google Coupled needs with more issues. cash. Coupled with all the issues it has of, you know, only working on the Chromecast stick that shipped with it mm-hmm. and not being able to use it in other places. All of these sorts of things. Um, why have we moved on to Stadia? How are we shitting on this again? How does it happen oh, every single week? Game Pass and like, <laughs> yeah, because we're talking about Game Pass. <laughs> and I couldn't resist the comparison because it's no. so stark. That's fair. Like, That's you might fair. as well just call it Tony. That's how stark that comparison is. Wow. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, so, um, Lauren, yeah. we'll come back to you for a moment. Um, uh, the last episodes that we did yeah. uh, with Adelusi and I, we um, did our games of the year for 2019, mm-hmm. and then an episode about our games of the decade. So, 
uh, just very briefly, what was your game of the year? <laughs> Last year, it wasn't The Witcher 3, and we won't bother what, with Game of the Decade. What, what's your set number two? What was my game of the year last year? I, I'm still stuck on the loop that Anthem came out last year. Like, <laughs> I, I, that was 2018, Anthem came out. God, my game of the year last year. What did I play last year? Honestly, the game that gave me the most excitement last year was when Apex Legends came out. Um, mm. Apex Legends is the best multiplayer um, on the market just now. It blows everything else that's blown the last couple of years out of the water. I can't really remember anything else I played last year. That's how shit it was. Um, <laughs> Disco Elysium was really good. Disco Elysium mm. was oh, bad. It's on my list. Yeah, I haven't um, picked it up. It's, um, it's everything you hate and love. Kind of rolled into a big heap of shit and coated in more what you hate and love. And it's just so brutal <laughs> and so unforgiving, but it's sometimes so stupidly funny. Like There was one, I, I don't know if you saw it, one of the viral videos, one of our um, colleagues tried it and it did work. They, don't, they spray painted fuck the police and obviously the guy came up and went, but we're the police and you have the choice to say, you're right, we'll scrub this off or you go, nah, fuck us. And it's, just, it's that kind of nihilism. Nice. Like, mm, <laughs> giving more of that, please. Um, apart from that, I have no idea. I, I can't, Joey did a um, game of the year list. I can't even remember what I've chosen. I genuinely can't remember what I picked last year. That's um, fine. I think it was The Witcher 3. And then Game of the Decades, obviously. Witcher 3. Yeah. Um, after that, I was really, really thinking about it. Um, and probably Crusader Kings 2 is really high on the list. And Skyrim, because I can't remember mm. Oblivion because it was my decade. Um, Fallout 4 has got to be there. Um, Do you play um, Outer Worlds? I did play Outer Worlds. Fucking that was it. God, I knew there was a game I was missing. I was like, I was thinking, ah. well, Fallout 4 didn't come out last year. What am I thinking of? And, <laughs> yeah, no, Outer Worlds. No, I, play, I played Outer Worlds and I played some of Outer Wild, both, as mm. I mentioned. Um, but yeah, it was just. It was a weird year. Of, 2019, I've got like, Apex and all up on the left, and like and the latter half of Outer Worlds, and you're just kind of like, that was a long fucking year between those two games. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. It did. It did seem like an audio, and I remember when we were talking about it. I think um, my game of the year, which was a Plato Innocence again, was like right at the start of the year. Lucy's oh, that was, was April because I went to the preview event for that. I got to play yeah. that um, in Paris and interviewed the guy, and they were cracking. And then we get the game out, and it was brilliant. But yeah, again, I thought that. I thought I do remember when I got that. I got that the day before I went and hold in May. So there you go. <laughs> <That's how long laughs> it was. But no, that it's. Yeah. Wow, God. I know. I'm about an existential crisis here. But this is... Lucy Big Resi Resi 2 as well. Again, Mm. like January release last year. Just kind of... It's a a fucking weird year. It's a very, very weird transitional kind of year. And it's it's odd, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, um, upcoming games, Mm. like how we seem to be having... It's going to be a weird absolutely year. massive, massive games coming out, like right at the tail end of these consoles. How they might then transition things into the next generation and all of that sort of shit. Yeah. Which um, we'll talk about in a minute, I suppose. So, what were your? What, what would you say your top three games of the decades are each? Good three, just to be fucking awkward. Three games. Um, the three games I can remember my top two. What was the third one? I think by that point we'd recorded for almost four hours and I was absolutely fucked. 
Yeah, um, and I, I, I was trying to keep control of the uh, the day and I ended up kind of cutting you guys off too many times, editing the podcast. I was like, oh, Dill, you're being a cunt. Like, it just was <laughs> no good. Uh, super Hot slash Super Hot VR was top mm. of mind oh, because, yeah. of, because of just the innovation there. Like, mm -hmm. just really simple mechanic. And then it, they iterated when VR became more available and it was yep. brilliant. Um, so not necessarily because it was this amazing, massive... Mm -hmm thing but it just like I had to acknowledge that uh, I don't remember all the other ones and I literally earlier today deleted the text file based on that um, <laughs> that's how good the last decade was wasn't it there were yeah, so kinda... many good things that did come out and you could listen like, if you were sitting in a non-focus environment you could list about 40 games but as soon as someone says pick and you're just like have I even played a game yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically what Do I mean I, I did <laughs> I did that and you if you viewers listeners can listen to last uh, last episode I basically came up with like a handful of categories and then was like well there's two or three games that fit these categories so I had like 30 games in my top yeah. of the decade and I just made sure that I set them all <laughs> um, fair and though you actually remember your top two uh, I remember my top two which was The Last of Us and The Witcher 3 in uh, the wrong order. <laughs> and the last one shouldn't be on that fucking list at all. Yeah, I did throw up a little bit of chat about my top 10 mm. up on Out of Lives last week, week before yeah. maybe, if I remember. Um, I don't remember what order the rest of them in, were in, but The Witness was there. Um, oh, yeah. Red Dead 2 was there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> Civilization <Red> 5. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of mine were strategy games. It's like Solaris, Civ 5, Civ 6. Fucking loads of strategy now. games. XCOM 2. Fucking XCOM 2. That's obviously one of my games for the decades. Yeah. XCOM 2. Uh, you forgot about XCOM 2. Yeah, but I, and then when you think about it, how could you forget about XCOM 2? Made myself all in tartan armor. That's fucking uh, great. <laughs> I think I, I think I put Massive Chalice above XCOM 2 just because it did strat RPGs differently. Fair. Mm. Um, but they, they, I, mean, I think those were like two of my top strat RPGs. I mean, you can't yeah, go wrong. Mass Effect 2 and C. Well, anyway, I'm having a crisis now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be starting this decade, so I'm just going to like games that exist before me. This is it. Well, Adol's argument was that game uh, the the world ended, the universe ended in 2012. So anything mm. after that just doesn't exist. Exactly. Really. Exactly. I, I can't believe you remember that. I forgot mm. I said that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. I would say let's move on to our next topic, but I've actually absolutely smashed that beer back. Jesus, man. I know. I've been trying to nurse this one because yeah. I was being a good boy. I've, I've smashed it back. I'm thinking of smashing this quick, quick beer. Before we move on to the beers, um, Lauren, mm. can you think of a game that came out in the past 10 years, or in general, that people might have missed that you're like, you should really revisit it? And then I'll finish this beer and then we'll all be, I'll be on top. <laughs> uh, a game that you should have really finished it. Or tried it. Or tried it. Just like an under the radar. It's been, you know, people mostly hit the big hits. Right, it's, that's, it's a really, that, that must be, it's such a hard question because. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> me last year, I'd have had an answer to that, but for some reason now I'm just, what was an under the radar game? What's my, what's my deck card game? Have you played this? So, <laughs> thinking. On the latter half of the decade, Into the Breach, a lot of people haven't played. Oh, fucking great people, game. Yeah, a lot of people are put off by it, and then a lot of people put off by Switch games by the cost, and even though it's not a particularly expensive game, Switch games are an investment for a lot of people, because the Switch was a 
an expensive console for what it is, let's be real. And yeah. Every game, unless you're going to, you know, that Smith uh, story, if you pre-order, you get a fiver off. That's how I buy all my Switch games. They're so fucking expensive. And they barely ever come down to sales. Like, Pokemon's mm. a £60 investment and all that. I think it was a game that it kicked your arse really hard early on. It wasn't like, if, you know, if you get XCOM, say, and you're on the easiest set, you can breeze through it in about 10, 20 hours. Into the Beach was relentless. And I was sitting there like, am I just fucking dumb? Am I just <laughs> stupid that I can't get to get to this? But then when you, you beat that level, you go over it and you figure it out, and you're like, I, I smashed it. Uh, just, yeah. You're just like, got to put it down now because I nearly rage broke my switch, but it's fine. Um, I played it on the PC, but I would like oh, yeah. play, play a level like when I'm like working in the philosophy library on my dissertation because that's how you work. Is you take a break and you. So I'd play like a couple rounds of a level. If I could get it, it'd be like, well, I'm frustrated now. Might as well just do work. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I really like. Exactly. But I mean, I think you're exactly right because it's like this weird. It's a puzzle game. It's it's not mm. quite a strategy RPG. And like, as soon as you get that, then you're like, okay, the point is figure yeah. out the puzzle. And then when you beat enough levels, you get more tools to do puzzles better. And then you can start like, like the second stage of the that game was. Mm. What what is my what are my favorite ways of solving puzzles? Now I yeah. have this arsenal of different mechs. And I can put them together, and, but I still have these other ones where I know, oh shit, this level's never going to be beat by my optimal team, so I'll just swap the pieces. And it's fantastic. I introduced a handful of people who hate strategy or never play strategy, and they were like, cool, this is really fun. And then they like picked up something like XCOM or whatever, like, I hate this. No, 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 I, I like the puzzle part. I didn't like the <laughs> hexagonal gameplay part. Oh. I don't have anything cool on my feed. I think, well, my other one I would tell people to play and it's because I have a huge big love for big long RPGs, it would have to be go back into the Mass Effect trilogy or play The Witcher. And I know it's really deep down. I think the one that just overlooked The Witcher, to kind of circle back myself, is Hearts of Stone. People will go into Blood mm. and Wine because it's a full big 30 plus yeah. hour adventure and it's, you know, slightly remastered, the colour palette's completely different. Whereas Hearts of Stone is just, it's so dark and gritty and it's got, one of the, it's got the most challenging fight out of the whole 152 hour saga and it's a great fight because the guy continuously regens health and one shot you whether you're playing on easy or death march you're just sitting there and you're like that's me i can't, I can't do this i've actually don't like it but once you figure out how to do it and yeah a challenging fight and overcoming is good but it's all romance and dialogue that comes to these games and then people hated mass effect to me because of the ending and i think especially with Players who grew up when they were young at the start of the tens and are now heading into their adult years or later teens and they go, oh, but the discourse around Mass Effect C and everyone bullied them to change the ending. You're just like, ah, ignore that and go and actually romance Garrus. Go mm. play his femship, romance Garrus, have the time of your life, bat on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Travel the universe with Garrus under your arm, just you're done. What? I, there's no, I mean, Tally is the only other, you know, allowed, so everyone else is <laughs> the same. Is allowed, but he dies. You're kind of like, but I, I don't have anything cool. Like, no, I went from no, gaming cool. up to like 2005, really, like Zoo Tycoon had a big break and then come back in like 2010 
and it was like there's a year to Skyrim, I used to be Oblivion and Fallout, and the first time I had the Oblivion, I was like, what the fuck's Oblivion? This is just Lord of the Rings. By the end, I was like, Lord of the Rings can burn. This is yeah. the true fantasy land. But no, it's yeah. So it, it's funny though. It's ten years a game. It's like pick your last movie in ten years. People can bring that up. Pick your favorite TV show because things run so concurrent. But you put a game in, mm. you just shut them. <laughs> And yeah. was, we we took two days on the website to come up with fifty games a decade, trying to like we did voting systems, we wrote everything out, and we're also sitting there like this is a garbage list. But The Witcher was number one, so it's fine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I had nothing to Excellent. do with that, obviously. But... <laughs> you didn't get like twelve votes just in that thing, just like oh, I'll just change it on your list. Number one vote, so I was like twenty five right away, and I'm like. We're never pulling this back. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Perfect. Right, I'm going to open another bit. Excellent. Because I am ready. So I've got uh, collaboration. Uh, this is okay. um, Amundsen and Other Half. Ooh. Oh, Are those waffles? Yeah. yeah, it's called Brown brown Cheese and Waffles. Double brown IPA. Mm. I mean, that sounds real wow. not good. Yeah, I, I I assume it's just the name. I can't yeah. imagine it's gonna. I mean, come I had a beer, I had a lambic, and we sniffed it. We went, hmm, that smells like nutritional yeast. And then we drank it. And we sat there for a minute, and we all went, so that tastes like brie. It was a beer that tasted like brie. And we, really? we drank it because it was nineteen pound a bottle, but we weren't happy <laughs> Jesus. about it. I didn't want a cheese. A lambic that, that tastes like cheese. Yeah, it was a bad time. I mean, I love lambics. <laughs> I, yeah, the one we had before it tasted like um, sugary plum syrup. It was the most delicious mm. thing in the whole world. And then we went on to the cheese beer, and that's how it's been. Well, actually, we really, really gay name there. Did we nicknamed it the Eventaler, like the Swords of the Witcher Three? But that's nice. how, even though it was a, a brie, blah, I love brie, but in a beer, it's kind of like. Yeah. I mean, I love brie, and I love like baking brie and having it melty. But I don't want to yeah. fucking drink that shit. No, I never no, want to no, drink no. a brie. No. Mm. <laughs> That's fair. Well, we'll see what this is like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 8.5%. Double Oof. IPA. That's all I get. Malted barley, mm. oats, hops, yeast, and water. Well, good old water. So I'm going to bring that out. Uh, I've got the Collective Projects IPA number Ooh. eight. Ooh. Uh, it's a double IPA with Simcoe, Motera, and Columbus hops. It's a boisterous 8%, and it's got. This adorable arrows. An angel. Right. A dog angel on a living cloud. Yum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's all the uh, the flavor text. And, of course, I got it because it's so rare to find a Canadian beer in mm. Bristol. And it's uh, Collective Arts is from Hamilton, Ontario. Oh, and wow. they are every so often show up at um, bottle shops here. And yeah. I've, I've, I've always been impressed by them. Yeah, absolutely. You seem to get them in, in waves almost. You'll have them mm. for sort of two or three months, and then you'll find another beer from them, and so and then they just gone. Just don't see them again for a little bit. But it's nice to know. I need to go back to the bottle shop, don't I now? If you found one out, Always. I need to go back. Yeah. I mean, this was a couple of weeks ago. It was before I left for uh, Paris for New Year's, so it was mm. like Christmas ish. Okay. May have some okay. left over though. You never know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Corsicata has reasonable turnover for the things that are like spot. Like, there's people clearly like us who are just like, nope, this is new. It's probably not going to be around for a while. Right. Yeah. 
But clearly, I mean, the way importing works is there's probably been, was a large import and then split between bottle shops. That's usually how it mm -hmm. works. So hopefully you can find that somewhere else. Keep my eye open. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Lauren, you just got the one this evening? You've got another beer? I th I've only brought one upstairs with me because I thought I was going to sip this a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> I have about half the bottle out. I think I might have one out the back, but I'll, I'll just I'll suffer through. I'll maybe... That's fair. We can always pause. Well. Yeah. Well, we can pause. We can just riff. No, yeah. I just leave my absence in. I'll just come like stumbling back in after because I'm sure by the time I go downstairs, outside and back in, it will hit me. And I'll right. just come back. Like, <laughs> 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 it's fine. No beer in hand. Good. Um, so, <laughs> Amundsen and other half. It's got a lovely that fruity looks nose to it. It's considerably better. It looks much better than the last one. Yes. It's a lot yeah, it's a more haze. It's, actually, it's actually a very, very similar kind of colour. It's got a little bit more, um, it's a deeper, slightly deeper um, kind of bronze to it than the mm. uh, than the previous bit. It doesn't quite come through on the camera. It's got a lovely nose. Mm. Oh, wow. You That's look super. You, you look much happier than that. <laughs> <laughs> It's got this. It's it's got this sort of flatness to it. So you kind of expect it to be a bit more big, a bit boisterous, being a double IPA, and it mm -hmm. actually kind of hits you with that flavour. You get the tropical fruits come through, getting a nice piney sort of finish to it, a little bit of bitterness, but actually it's got that kind of uh, non-carbonated kind of flatness that you get from like a more traditional English ale or something like that. Mm. Uh, which is really interesting, especially with it being, you know, someone like Other Half, an American brewer, um, and Amundsen, who are kind of like big juice boys. Um, this is, it's it's an interesting combination of those two, that big yeah. juicy flavour, but just this kind of flat, dead mouthfeel to it, almost. Hmm. Fair. Less happy than I thought then. <laughs> Your face betrayed you. I'm going to have to smash it back, aren't I? Just to see. <laughs> oh, oh dear. dear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't do that. I won't do that at all. How's yours? Uh, so. Mm. It yeah. is hazy as fuck. Uh, mm -hmm. It's actually less yellow than it seems on camera because okay. I've got a super yellow light in my room. Um, mm. I would say it's... Yeah, it's like a... If you diluted pineapple juice... Like half pineapple okay. juice, half water. Like it's actually quite pale. It just doesn't right. look. It mm. looks much more orangey on the camera, I think. Yeah, it almost looks a bit translucent. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, it's but it's really like you can't see through yeah. it. It's, it's deceptively pale. Um, it smells gorgeous. It's got this lovely tropical fruit. Um, again, mm. I would say some some pineapple, some passion fruit going on. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, and a hint of something a little bitter, almost, I won't hesitate on resiny, but like there's something in the nose that just sort of pulls back from the sweetness, which is really satisfying. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Hmm. Is that a good wow or a bad wow? It is a good wow. Uh, it's got a slight citrus, but mostly those tropical fruit notes are carried through. I, I'm, I'm a... I know it was dry hopped, and so I'm always a little concerned when you dry hop with different hops that it ends up mm. smelling totally different than mm -hmm. what it tastes like. The, it tastes much, there's more nuance, there's more depth going on in the taste. 
Uh, you get again the citrus comes forward, but also some malts. So there's a nice balance between sort of a tropical, slightly citrus start to you're getting a little biscuitiness right away. Nice. It ends wet, which is what I prefer versus mm. the last one where it's like I'm gonna have a sip just because I want to have it in my mouth. Mm. Yeah. I don't like being forced to drink my beer. I'd rather force myself. See it's gonna with anyway. tropical fruits, I really like ghosts and sour beers. What's your thoughts on those? Like we had one, I think it was an overtone um, over Christmas. Uh, and it, it, was, it, was, it was like eating a Starburst. It was just so oh, fruity just like, really? and so sour. And you were just like, wow. But oh, I mean... It's like a mixture of a dry, it starts dry in your mouth and ends up wet, but it's still just because it's so sour and like, mm, you sort of tan it oh, all so, so I like that. I mean, well, I guess, yeah, I'm fine with tartness. Like, uh, I think mm. in the past couple of years, I think Ben, Lucy and I have all turned 180 degrees on sours. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, we used to not be big fans. And then we had uh, two, two summers ago was a summer of sours. And it was like, oh, no, you can make summer, these really good, well. Good summer. I'm sorry I missed that. Yeah, oh, <laughs> great. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I like it, if it's the flavor that's like, oh, I want to do more things versus like mm -hmm. I've, something about the mouthfeel where it's like, I'm done with the flavor, but now I feel like compelled to have the beer versus I'm reaching for the beer. And like yeah. tartness and sourness tends to be like, okay, well, it's sour. So at a certain point, I'm going to try and reinvigorate that sourness. That seems to be me chasing it versus me being mm -hmm. chased. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Excuse <clears throat> me. I, think I, I like love it. I was just going to say, I think you're you're right that that over the last couple of years we have kind of like turned around on sours and you know as they started coming out we started to see a bit more nuance in them, uh, more people turn their hand to them and you start mm -hmm. to kind of pick out who is very good at doing them and maybe sort of like the more established breweries who were churning out sours and stuff had to then change their 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 recipes a little bit and kind of adapt to meet everybody else. Um, I seem to remember that I don't think I've had a uh, sour since we went to um, Birmingham for our night out and ended up drinking a bottle of Lambic on a curb. But how good is Lambic though? Have don't you remember. Had don't remember. Have you had number three twice over Christmas and New Year balling? Uh, um, that was... Some of them are dead yeasty though and you, you mm. get sour in the front and it's just all yeast in the back and you're like no yep. this is not the palate I want yeah. for we were in Copenhagen two years ago nearly and it was a um, tiny rebel and they did a summer oh, yeah. and it was rhubarb and custard and it's the most fucking delicious thing I've ever had it was oh, just wow. like the wee sweetie you used to get just yeah. absolute rhubarb and a sourdy custard and you were just like why would I drink anything else ever again and then they just continued <laughs> it and I've just of course I've never did. got over it like yeah. it was 2018, I'm still over it. Yeah, I mean, get a petition, get a change.org thing going. But it's a double-edged sword of good craft beer because you want yeah. your brewers to innovate, and so they yes. can't sit, and so cherish the memory and hope it comes back. Um, <clears throat> the one thing I'll say about would you would you mind if I nip to get another drink? Yeah, 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 for sure. I'll, I'll finish talking about this while you have your beer. <laughs> Sorry, I'll be two minutes, okay? Yeah, no worries. Um, so there is a the um, resinous knee, the resin I sort of hint, hinted at that might be in the nose. Um, it's mm. definitely there in the finish, and it's super light. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely there, and I think it's it's what's giving. 
the um, that's what's giving a good finish, like the the slightly bitter. But again, it's given the, what a hops do we have? Um, Simcoe, Motera, <laughs> and Columbus. I was expecting a much more bitter finish, right? Um, and it just wasn't. It's just not like it's super smooth, which I really like. Like it's an eight percent. It's not that sweet. Couldn't mm-hmm. tell. Um, nothing lingers too long. It's super easy to drink. Uh, but I do like that it goes from tropical to slightly piney at the end. And it's, mm. it's, it's just a very nuanced pininess that just helps keep the finish sort of tight. So, again, it leaves me a little wet, but there's this lingering bitterness. Yeah. Uh, resiny bitterness, which is enough for me to be like, well, if I don't want another sip, there's a taste in my mouth that's lingering and I can just relax. So I don't need to, like, if I want taste in my mouth, I could just let this sit. And I, I, if I chose to, I could sip this. Yeah, I'm absolutely. I'm going to choose to do that. But <laughs> Yes, I, I feel exactly the same way about this um, Amundsen, um, another half collab. Uh, it, it, it's, it's got a nice front-loaded uh, fruitiness to it. And there's, it, it feels like it's got a, a slight bit of citrus in there as well just to give it that little bit of tang and then you move on to that piney resinous finish a little tiny like it's not as bitter as kind of the as the flavors lead you through you kind of expect a bit more bitterness and it's not quite there which is fine i'm thinking to myself oh this is the the natural progression actually they've done something else and it works really well it don't hit you with this big bitter finish it's right. just this nice combination then of the fruits and that piney note coming together. I think this is almost what the last beer was trying to do. I like that. Didn't they're treading the same track? Get but... that? Yeah. Um, they're, 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 I mean, I don't know what the hops were in um, in this one now. It doesn't tell me at all anywhere, which is fine. Um, and uh, you know the the name brown cheese and waffles. Um, oh yeah, how is it? It's good. Sorry, it's Sorry, really, really good. Yeah. I think the name the name doesn't come across at all in the in the flavour. So, so, so do I you don't get know whether anything waffly. So that's what I was try- I'm trying. Are you to find waffling it. about I'm it? Trying anything to look cheesy. for it. Anything juicy? Anything? Well, you think maybe like a little bit buttery, perhaps, or maybe a little bit sweet from the waffle, or a little bit maybe um, malty, perhaps. I can't quite find anything that would tie me Get up to the to the name. Um, and I, it's, it's just a name, I think. Is it, well, so, it so where, where is it from again? Um, so it's it's uh, Amundsen and other half. So Amundsen are from where are Amundsen from? Norway. So so I, Norway. why I ask is because Norway. So one of my housemates actually has been to Norway recently and brought back some some brown cheese, and it's oh, okay. an odd taste. Uh, it's um, oh sort of more. Bu- this in social media. Sorry. I said, did you write this on Twitter anywhere? I'm sure I, I read the phrase brown cheese <laughs> in the last week, and I was like, what the fuck? Because I thought, is it made with brown butter? Is that is it meant to be a nutty kind of taste? But so that so I'd get that with the end with a little bit of the pineiness, a little bit nutty, a little bit resinous. Yeah, I could see that if that is. I don't call it out. What oh. it would be in the fucking no. 
<laughs> so, so, so the brown brown cheese is is the leftovers from cheese making. Yeah. It's a byproduct of cheese making, uh, and so when you when the cheese is removed from the milk, and and I so it's it's firm but kind of like spreadable, but it's firm but spreadable. Uh, <laughs> it, it's basically it's 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 sweeter than most cheese, <laughs> like a good pate. Okay. Uh, so so uh, her previous husbands hated it, and so she was like, "Oh, I'll share this last." And it turns out all of us are like, "This is really good." She's like, "Oh, I thought I could be kind and not share because you'd hate it." And then we ate all her cheese. But yeah, it's it's like yeah, it's a little sweet um, and kind of buttery and like like hard buttery in texture. Mm. Nice. Does that help with? I mean, it's no, a thing it's I wouldn't want on waffles. Yeah. I don't know. I want syrupy goodness on waffles. I don't want rough to spread sweetness. No. Lauren! As you will. What beer have you got? Oh. So, I don't have any beer left, but I have seen oh. in the interest of craft, I present to you a small gin? batch. It is gin. Yeah. Habanero and lime gin. Oh, wow. Adams. It is a tasty boy. It's very... I've had it on its own. It's quite burny and sour as you would expect mm. um this is a christmas gift for me it's a good 40 percent small batch boy i'm having it with because i'm an absolute wank i've got fenomen's medicine ah, yes. no is um the other one thingy tree yeah, okay. mediterranean tonic yeah. and i have some lime and some ice and Excellent. i will taste it for you uh, <laughs> don't forget to take a picture of what you've drank so we can put it on the room oh, well. yeah it's a really like, do you know when you bite down the habanero, it's like, well for me with the habanero, it's like a really quick hit of sweet and it goes sour and at the heat really quickly, but yeah. then mm. the lime picks it back up and it's exactly that for the journey in the bed. Nice. It's tonic, so obviously if you think about usually eating habanero and limes, even fucking Scottish people sit on a, a rocky beach in Ireland, so, <laughs> so it's got that whole good Mediterranean vibe and it is absolutely delicious it's um it is an acquired taste gin though like my sister my sister runs a gin instagram so she gets sent gin to the view i get sent games to the view my sister gets sent gin to the view right she's also i'm in the wrong family she's, I'm a, she's a fucking hustler on the side nice. she didn't like this gin because she like she like every other kind of gin this gin because she doesn't have a spicy palate it was just like oh. what the hell am i drinking whereas i'm sitting there like the usual way i would mix this up and it's literally so we have to go for my, my shop. I had no chilies in, I had no ginger in, because I used them earlier on, because I would usually have this with a stick of chili and a stick of ginger to yeah, really nice. bring it kind of out, yeah. but um, instead I've just got lime, because it's basic fix Tuesday, so it's fine. <laughs> um, it sounds delicious. I will be honest, Greg's like, oh, there's one beer left, and I, we had people over for New Year, and they brought their own booze. I was like, oh, what beer is it? And he went, it's a Heineken, and I was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring the giants. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, when I was, uh, I think in June, uh, I was uh, at my sister and brother-in-law's place in Saskatoon, and they, they're not big beer drinkers. So I think I recorded a podcast when we thought I wouldn't because I was free that afternoon, and I had a red stripe. Oh, yes. I, I yeah. tasted a red stripe on saying that. They have them in nightclubs and bars down my way, and like the shit end of fucking... 
Glasgow and everything else. Do you want a red stripe? And I'm like, exotic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Imported. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. And it comes in such a cute little bottle. A well, bottle. it does for you. You can get it in cans. Yeah. You oh, really? Like fucking C30 mm. cans. Oh, that's hilarious. Red stripe. So <laughs> red stripe in Canada is like these chibi bottles. Little I small. Lucy, Lucy would have all of our heads for speaking ill of red stripe. Um... I didn't speak ill of it. I just said that I, that I happened to taste it on TikTok. That's I true. Yes. Drink it over tenants, but yeah. only just. Yeah, fair enough. Just. How do you feel about forex? No, let's move on. <laughs> And we'll um, we'll we'll talk about uh, what we're going to talk about. Twenty twenty. You, you you said we'll bring it on thing. I actually came up with a couple of questions for you too. Ooh, if you would mind oh, me do it. Yeah, let's, let's yeah. Do that. It's, it's, we all have a segment. It's yours now. I talked a lot, and I really don't mean to overtake. So it's no, you're not. Mate, you're not. It's fine. I can you just don't sit ask back. me about my job in real life because everyone is a bit confused about what I do. Like my mum and dad <laughs> thought I was a drug dealer. Because they're like, how can you actually write about games and get money in? Like, you must, you must be dealing drugs. And I'm like, ah, fine. So it's that side hustle. <laughs> so exactly. Hey, um, I'm looking for one right now. So if you give me some tips. But, um, Philosophy is not paying the bills in the month or so. No, so not. I've got to. <laughs> um, so oh, yeah, my so... question for you. <laughs> oh, I don't you go, go. No, no, I was, oh, I was, I was clapping my hands on. I want to hear these questions. Okay, so moving into 2020. With a very, very angry year last year, I feel. Gamers have been increasingly angry, fans have been angry, writers have been increasingly angry over the last decade. 2019, I feel, was a very, very angry year. What are you most looking forward to and or least looking forward to going into 2020 and going into 20, well, the 20s, really? Um, yeah. For what the gaming atmosphere is going to be like, whether you're a consumer, you're a creator, you're a developer, you mean what like you, what are you what are you looking forward to so for example i'm really i'm worried about the level of anger it's going to escalate mm. especially towards women um trans people people yep. of color it's really it down last year and i have to say as a white woman i didn't get that bad. i got dick pics i got date sets <laughs> like you know i'm used to dealing with that people of color the trans community the lgbt community they're getting a really fucking hard time and i'm really worried about my brothers and sisters throughout the industry no matter mm. you know developers to writers what they're starting to face and i'm worried especially 2020 and i think it's because the trump the re-election is going to be coming up i'm worried that we're all going to all the countries that we think are progressive are going to you know single-handedly select right hand leaders where does that leave us in games basically Ooh. I mean, I'm worried, but I really want progression. But uh, technology-wise and people coming into the industry-wise, we couldn't be more progressive. I think you know, even my network, gamer network, we pop. We are really, really holding in and not hiring white men with beards. We're really starting to get progressive. Sorry, Ben. I think the whole industry switched on. No offense, man. But I have an architect. I don't need to run really that again. Want to diversify, but on the other hand, that's our bubble where we all thought we were going to vote Corbyn and everyone else fucking right wing and. It, I'm starting to wonder, are we wrong? Are they wrong? Am I living in a nightmare? Am I living in a daydream? So, kind of... I mean, absolutely. <laughs> we'll start off, we'll start off. The first statement to be made is, yes, we are all living in a nightmare. Absolutely. Shit has hit the fan. 
yep. and has hit the fan in such a way politically um, in the UK and in the US that we do seem to be shifting very differently than we were in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I think it's um, a lot to do with um people not kind of finding their voice but finding um their little echo chambers so things like we're recording through discord right now but things like discord things like facebook groups they can twitter yeah absolutely they um they create places where people feel that they can just say what they want whether that starts off in the guise of a joke and then moves into um you know actually kind of thoughts and how they kind of feel and stuff you've got a finger up yeah finish your thought sorry i didn't mean to interrupt i just um, so i um i i know you've got these like where do you what do you want to see happen and what do you think sort of i i'm starting off on a very negative note i don't see it getting any better so, so the one thing i wanted to add to the echo chamber thing is it's the tyranny of the algorithm is really the yeah, problem well. because like so we, we've always had things like echo chambers in the past. You read mm -hmm. the right newspaper you want, but the, the other newspapers were still around. Yeah. But now, because um, the, the Twitter, Facebook, etc. algorithms are based on what do you click on, I will give mm -hmm. you more of the same. It, it makes it from, look, there's three pieces of information, like source of information you can have in your town, national uh, left-wing paper, national right-wing paper, and local paper. And you are exposed to those. So now you don't have that exposure, and instead what happens is the algorithms are even worse. Not only are they only giving you the one thing, but also based on your clicks, they will give you more of the same thing. So you end up at a fixed point of your perspective. So even and when- that's the top tweet thing, even if it's the most popular person or the most liked thing, and it might be the same issue eight times in a row, and then a ship, some random person's yeah. tweet, and then back to that, and you're completely yeah. right out. The algorithm, I think Twitter put it out to make it seem like, oh, we're going to make it so it doesn't seem like an echo chamber for you, but instead what they did was privately double down. And I yeah. think if you're mm. not savvy to Twitter, you become victim to that really quickly. And, you know, you'd, even being left-wing, you become victim to that. We're all sitting there yeah. going oh, like, oh, it, it's on both sides. not got a chance, so then it you know, voted yeah. in by a huge majority, and you're like, yeah. How did the fuck that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so the problem is it, they're aiming for you to click on all the things that they mm. present to you, which means if they can get you in that fixed point of, I will click on all those things, they get the clicks they want. But that means that their impetus is to put you in the most narrow categorization, even if you don't want that. Yeah. So what ends up happening is there'll be five or six things that look like different news sources that are parroting the same thing because that's what the right and left do, right? There's a bunch of different sources that are saying the same thing. And so you get to see five different people saying the same thing and you feel yeah. like you're being exposed to different sources but in fact the actual different sources you don't even get to click on because the algorithm has already figured out you don't want to click on it so you mm -hmm. think that you're getting a broad spectrum opinion and so even as someone who's not that savvy you think well I've, I saw that on five things mm -hmm. it's clear like e even if they a lot of people just don't have this moment where it's like oh but am I just taking this from the same news resource but even the ones who do have that moment because of the tyranny of the algorithm they'll think I have this moment. No, no, I've I've seen it in four or five different yep. places. So this is fine. I'm definitely in the right. Anyone else who says otherwise is bollocks because all of the information I see says Dax. Yep. And that I mean that's the yeah. big problem. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, 
yeah, I've got some friends who work in in philosophy of this nonsense, uh, and and I think the biggest challenge for politics, life, gaming, etc., is to fight against this. And unfortunately, you need people like Facebook and Twitter to own up to the fact that what their their goals are not getting the users the most informative mm-hmm. to the most informative place. Their their move is get the users to continue to use my platform. And yeah, actually absolutely. confirmation bias is the easiest way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that leads on quite well to um, what I want to see kind of moving forward. We've already started to see it and it's, it's uh, the idea that we have more supportive communities for people. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it kind of, it's not an echo chamber. It's it's more the idea that someone can find a community of like-minded people that that they don't necessarily share all of the same views with. They might be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they might be slightly different in in how they think some policies in politics should be in terms yeah. of uh, other things. But where they can feel that they can express themselves and have constructive discussions around that. I think a lot of the problem is uh, a lot of the time is that someone puts forward um, uh, an idea and they just get shouted at and someone says, hey, look, um, this very traumatic thing happened to me. I want to talk about it with people and suddenly lots of people just attack them for no reason. People they don't know, people, Uh, absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) And I I want to see just a a much more tolerant and... um, more accepting yeah and a more accepting kind of society obviously but but spaces spaces for people to be able to kind of be like this is who i am let's just talk about it i think what's kind of juxtaposed for me is i've got like if i pitched anything like that to my editor if they turn me down and go we know which i like to go to whatever else obviously the first couple of weeks in VG247, they let me write that very emotive piece about The Witcher. Yeah. And what I did in that, strategically, um, for myself and kind of for readers so it doesn't become so bogged down, is I mentioned kind of, you know, my diagnosis, whatever, once. And then yeah. we talked about this. And all the comments at the bottom were, OP doesn't understand mental illness, OP doesn't know what she's talking about. And you're just like, see, if you actually read it, you'd have read... Here's a wee formal diagnosis. It doesn't make up the whole part of the essay, but yeah. here's the wee yeah. bit. And I feel like people people are reactionary, and that's nothing new. That's been since you know Marlon Manson was poisoning your children. You know, Judas Priest are putting satanic messages in things. This is not a new thing. Sensationalism mm-hmm. about it. But I think even in the safe space of game, as much as I think it's to do with peerdom, if I was to write some more personal pieces, my peers would turn around and go say really emotive use of language, really good outlet, we all support you, but the readership yeah. would come down and go, we're not reading a gaming website for your toils with mental health, we're, we're reading it for guides and news, but then that same cohort will turn around and moan about guides and go, we're not reading this for guides, we want news and opinions and features, and you're yeah. like, fucking pick one, like, yeah. pick one and stick with it, and it's the same, and you know, it, this is why I don't really deal in Discord chats an awful lot because you get people who don't double down on all of that and you're like, when are you happy? And it's like, when they put out Never. this content I want and you're like, what is that? Because you're mm. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, you, you also <laughs> don't know. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's okay for the consumer not to know what they want just yet, but 
The thing is, they don't realise is they keep giving us clacks by coming in and leaving everything. And see if they comment, it counts more. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, Mickey, just yeah. pile on, mate. And I think, you know, I've had a discussion with other women, like, you're, you talk, mentioned earlier about, you know, you drive people off the platform. That's the primary goal now. When someone pisses you off, it's getting them outside, out of mind. And I don't agree with that, whether it's right wing or left wing. People are allowed a voice, and you yeah. are allowed to admit that person. And yeah. living in an echo chamber, there's nothing wrong with living in an echo chamber. That is what small towns are built on, is living in the I'm alright, Jack. I don't agree with it wholeheartedly, but people have done that. That's how we persevere through communities and all the rest of it. But yeah. I'll, I've thought about leaving platforms for different reasons, whether it's been an individual or a group of individuals. And kind of, I used to have DMs open because you try when you get into that, you want to be open minded, you want to help people, but the more it's going on, the more threats and it is threats you get there's no being yeah. around the bush of you know I'll, I'll come and find you and I'll rape you and you're kind of like you know you're from San Francisco so if you can find all your way over to where I'll be in the most part of Scotland fucking do you know what I'll give you a beach just so that you <laughs> it's that kind of shit and it is really like to your day to day getting that kind of low level thing you do get used to it but what are you it's not healthy about? it's not healthy but on the other hand and this is kind of what, what made me think about it and why I wanted to ask this question was always I used to do nursing and I'd be stuck in a ward for 12 hours potentially with a patient hitting on me, hitting me, whatever else, mm. and then come back the next day and do the same thing. You don't have the option to delete a profile or delete the app or log yeah. off for a while. You have to keep coming back in the scenario. So I think, on the one hand, I've got that experience to make some more resilient to the bullshit of no offence, sure. man, because it's mostly men. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give a shit online. Yeah, no, it's, that's. It's for new people coming in the industry, and you're coming in, and you know, no matter what their background is, they're logging on, and they go, oh, "I've made a really cool thing," and their peers are going, "That is cool. Let's reshare." And then you get some artists come and go, "Kill yourself," and you're just like, "How do you deal with that?" Yeah. You've came yeah. from university into the Twitter sphere where it's either kill yourself, delete yourself, or let me rape you, and you're just like. I'll just delete that. I'll just yeah. delete that. Because I, I, how the fuck do you deal with that? It's, I think it's it's one of those things that, um, you know, so say... So uh, the, the humour down it. Nah, mate, nah. Well, yeah, no, no, it's fine. Like, it's fine. A point, I thought, I love this. No, no, I mean, <laughs> we don't shy away from this shit in Tank Tank. No. Um, I, I try I, to pepper I, in the odd pun. Um, yeah. It's yeah. fun right now. Uh, but, yeah. no, that's fine. I think this is where um, smaller oh, sites, like hobbyist sites and things, kind of they come in a little yeah. bit so you could be someone who's just starting out in writing and say i've got i haven't got a website i haven't got a blog i could set yep. one up brilliant or you can try and find some other people so someone could someone could turn up and say hey out of lives uh i'm i, I really want to write about games i don't have anywhere to put it do you mind if i stick some stuff up on your site and we would say mm -hmm. yes of course it's a community site for people yep. who just want to write go for it do that and it gives them a bit of exposure it gives them the opportunity for us to take a look at things and to critically kind of like look at their writing and stuff like that. But the thing it doesn't do is prepare them for what they may then experience yeah. by putting themselves out online. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we don't have, that out of lies doesn't have a big readership and doesn't have a critical readership, let's say, or doesn't have yeah. cunts that are clicking on links, looking for people to give yeah. shit to. Yeah. We have people that read the site who will go, I'm interested in what this person writes, I will go to that and I'll have a discussion with them about it. Yeah, yeah we're at the level of, like, even our, like, really well-read articles are not still commented on, like, they're just, yeah. 
shared they like we yeah, see the share a lot, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I actually comments on love... Facebook and all the rest of it. Some of the hate I, I do remember even to the some of the comments you would get is if this person hasn't played the game. In fact, it was one of Adam's articles. And it was, he hasn't played the game, and you were just like, I mean, he has. He wrote the fucking review. But also he definitely is. is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I so so to circle back Sorry, to No 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 it's not don't apologize. Uh, it's it's to circle back to the uh, original question. I want what Ben is saying. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Uh, what, I, what I really want is um, platforms to take ownership of what they've done. Yep. Mm. Um, and also, ideally, so like I actually have a lot of faith in the Zoomers um, because I think they grew up with this dysfunctional internet that we... Yeah. And like, when I started on the internet, it wasn't dysfunctional and like I'm I'm 36. I've been on the internet for a long time, 22 years actually, no less, more. I was younger than 14 when I was on the internet. Oh, I'm and like, 20 years on the internet, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, I remember like going on IRC channels in Australia because I found like-minded people, and like the the promise of the internet when it was new, because I'm old as shit and I remember that, um, was like you could find people who got you. Yeah. And then you compound that with um, time, ease of use and access, and social media having these weird algorithms, and that becomes echo chambers. Yep. The reason why people have like got, the reason why we've gotten this place is because for a lot of people, it was like I didn't have anyone in my hometown who got me. And then suddenly I had a community. The problem is that got real toxic because now these communities are millions of people or thousands of people strong, and there there is a lot of like, to be a member of this community, you have to pass the test. Yes. Like, purity tests are bullshit, but also they don't work on thousand people things. But, like, we had this weird move when social media came in where it was like, oh, yeah, we're, everyone's welcome. Cool. You like D&D? Fine. So you don't like D&D? You like fucking Pathfinder because you don't like D&D 4. You're not a real D&D fan. And, like, that... and it, And it... We had that gatekeeping. The it turned from what makes us in common to gatekeeping really quickly, and we never got to the point of figuring out that gatekeeping is bad. And so my one hope is that in the past year, I've seen a lot of pushback on gatekeeping, obviously yeah. in small silos. And so my hope is that we get to a point where gatekeeping is seen as clearly a stupid thing. Mm. Um, I feel like the like, circle I move in, it's seen as then you very, you very, very quickly turn into cancer culture, and that's another thing that's because someone's some people don't know they've accidentally gatekept, and some of that's a privileged check, some yeah. of that's uh they're not well educated enough. Like when I really started that game, and I really didn't know what Gamergate was, and I disagreed with it as soon as I found out what it was. Don't get me wrong, but I was like, what, what the fuck is this? Ch what is Gamergate? What is what is this all about? And you read about it, and you're just like. Wow, and some people don't want to read about it. They're surface on this, you know, you've not played, I don't know, Crusader Kings, you're not a grand strategy fan. Like, that's gatekeeping. And then, yeah. funnily, that was one of the points in Need Went. Um, 
you know, had a shot of it and everything else. It's all you know, one of the things they're really pushing for CKC is it's user friendly and everything else. And it's because the interface was gatekeeping. If you were a white middle aged man, forever, with <laughs> high intelligence, you weren't fucking getting consumer things too. So, you know, we'll take a break. So, yep. 8.2% beer is really kicked in. 8.5% beer, that's really kicked in now. And we're coming back in with our most anticipated games of the upcoming year, 2020. Lauren, I'm going to start yes. with you. I think I might know what it is. Mate, I, I don't think this will come as a surprise. It's um, Animal Crossing? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am. I mean, isn't it technically... Animal Crossing colon New Horizons. I mean, if you're going to do the reference. Absolutely. I mean, no one else has heard this, but I had to do it well, actually, in the spirit of what was cut. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Cyberpunk's my main bitch. I'm very looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, I don't know, having a metal skeleton and having knives come out my arms and killing my enemies. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know what everything and nothing to expect. I'm really looking forward mm. to it. I, I'm actually looking forward to Animal Crossing. I'm looking forward to losing my entire life again to Are you an animal animal Tedium. Are you an Animal Crossing fan? An ex fan. I had I had to leave it behind. I had to <laughs> because it took over my damn life. Um Did you play the been... mobile one? We can't talk about it, right? No, okay, too much. cool. Yep. It's yeah, too yeah, much. it's fine. Like, yeah. There's therapy for the amount of that. My farms, my farms, you <laughs> They need me. But, you know, it's a bad time you set alarms. You're getting up to, like, brush your teeth. Nah, I'm getting up to tend to my fucking farm. But, nah, um, <laughs> ah, fair enough. I don't know. Uh, Halo Infinite's the other one I'm looking forward to. I have to say, I feel that they use the original music in the trailer. I mean, the deal's been cut. We're going to have a simple HUD, a simple shooter with a balling soundtrack, and we have a great time. That is what I'm hoping for. Maybe. And we'll see Casey for reasons. Yeah, that's fair. Good. Good. Adam. Oh, I I turned to you first. Okay. Um, I said it because Cyberpunk's all, well, it was the, what, my number one. I have to think of a different thing, so you have to go. Yeah, ahead. I mean, Cyberpunk's kind of my number one. Uh, Last of Us 2, Ghost of oh. Tsushima. Oh, yeah, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, I, yeah, it's gone a yeah, little right. bit under the radar. But yeah. uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I can see just consuming a I lot of my all time. The leaks for it so far. I've I ignored them. I've ignored things. them. I've not looked at anything. I watched the uh, leaked like opening cutscene to just see what the graphics were. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, "Oh shit! I want to play this game again." Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, I mean, it's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, I've replayed Final Fantasy VII probably four times, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. I think I will have like a cognitive dissonance when I play this remake because mm. I'd be like. Why does Cloud have fingers? Cloud shouldn't have fingers. He should have blocky fucking stupid fists. <laughs> I can see the sales numbers for the original of that game doing very well within yeah. the first two weeks of the release of the the, the remake. Because obviously I mean, it's a it's a it's, it's like been a stunted yeah. it's a stunted edition. Um, we don't know quite yet how far it's going to go. Whether it's just the entirety I mean, of Migar. Whether it's just a little bit of that, we've seen the bike chase, so you'd expect it to be 
Well, but they, they also the said they were expanding on the Midgar, so whatever happens to Midgar will be more than happened in the original game. And that's actually why I'm not, like, this is my number one thing. Like, I love Final Fantasy VII. I obviously mm. played it a bunch. I would love to play it in a different way. Like, even if it's not what I want, like, that'd be super interesting. But the fact that I have no idea what paying, like, 60 quid for a segment of the game that they aren't even clear about which segment, that's the thing that I hate the most about this game. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they know. I, I'm fine with it they being know. totally different. They have to know now where it finishes but and they, where that, the, that hard yeah. stop point is. And but everything that's been released has been like shot for shot, but they've been very explicit that they're not doing a shot for shot thing. And it's like, mm. I like that story, mm. and I like it for super nostalgic reasons. And so if you're expanding on it, I'm cool. But also, like, if you're asking for sixty quid to go through the first third of disc one of three, I could just replay that game again. For, for like free. 12 quid. No, for yeah. free, well, because I own it on yeah. so many platforms. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Like, if I go back uh, in February to meet my niece in North America, just got born on uh, January 1st, I can get my original PC discs, which are still at my parents' place. Nice. Would they run still? I don't know, but I could also pirate <laughs> it on the basis of owning it. But like, I own it on Steam, I've owned it on PlayStation, I've owned it on uh, PC Disc. Like, I could play this game. It's somewhere. This game. Yeah. So, the word, my worst case scenario is the reviews are like, yeah, it does a thing, but isn't this a great game? And then I'm like, cool, it's a great game. And nostalgia means I'll just play it on another platform because I've had it for ages. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. There's a PS3 that's beside me that plays... PS3, Done. PS1 games. Done. It's fine. I've got the disc for the, I've got the PS1 discs in a box somewhere. Oh, do you I, I might need to borrow them. I don't games. have those here. I've got I've got eight and nine. I don't know why they're the only three games I kept. Who knows why? My, my, um, PS, my PS3 is the OG with the emotion chip, so I can play yeah. PS2 games on it. Nice. But it's an NTSC because I'm from North America, so I tried oh. to bot. Turns out. Well, I was like, oh, I, so I eBayed a game, PAL game, I can't play it on this machine, but it should be able to. <laughs> this is the dumbest. We just look at God. it now. So, so I will say this, this to our listeners, at least we've gone past the stupid region control bullshit. Now everything's yeah. in the cloud, mm. and so it doesn't matter. And that's really great. Yeah. Um, my final, final thing, again, Doom Eternal. Oh, yeah. I would imagine yep. it would have yep. been game of the year last year had it have released when oh, it was right. when it was on track to release. Yeah. It's now coming out at some point next year, and I just want to rip the shit out of demons and smash some stuff and chainsaw some things, yeah. flamethrower some stuff. Fuck, twenty sixteen's phenomenal, and I, I have all the faith I'm, in that I'm team. Ready for that soundtrack, ready yeah. for yeah. that fucking soundtrack. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say the one thing this year that I'm interested in but hasn't is as a person who owns VR shit now that Ben has graciously given me a computer that will work because my mm. my PC died and on the PCIe oh. level so I couldn't replace a fucking thing um, Half-Life Alex oh. if the trailer is even like close to the level of interactivity that they're suggesting I will play the fuck out of this game I love that universe but also like the idea of like pushing things aside on a shelf 
Like yeah. the idea that like everything's a physical object. You get to choose how to do it. Also, you're in the Half-Life universe. I happen to have like old now, but like VR gear. I will mm -hmm. make sure that when that comes out, I have cobbled together a machine that can make that work because mm. I want to be in that universe, and I also want to try like to do VR in this way that it's always been promised. Like one of my biggest problems with VR in a lot of cases is that like there are three things you can interact, interact with, but there's 17 things in the room. And it's it just breaks the immersion. The whole mm -hmm. point is object, pick it up, deal with it. Oh, if there's nothing to deal with, I'll throw it behind my shoulder. But the fact that like I can't pick up most things, it becomes like this weird yeah. disconnected adventure game where you're uh -huh. like, Okay, what is the thing I can interact with now? What can I do with it? And it's like, well, no, the whole point is I'm supposed to feel in this world and anything that I like look at and try and grab that doesn't work makes me not believe in this and then the technology has failed. Like, and I, it feels like what, yeah. they're, what they're pitching is you can just push things around in virtue of them being things. And I think yeah. that if that's what they're doing, that's the exact, like that's the threshold we want from VR, which is... Mm. Yeah. None of this stuff matters, but the point is, if you choose to make it matter, you at least can interact with it, because like otherwise... Yeah. yeah. And you, you'd imagine that they would be making, or at least putting the effort into a, like a benchmark VR title as well. Uh, yeah, know, I mean, they, they want to sell... They, 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 they want to sell units, they've killed Absolutely. fucking in the Valley of the Gods because they're cunts, uh, but they've got a VR game, great, brilliant. So you'd imagine that it's going to be... You know, as as immersive as they can possibly make it. Yeah. Definitely. Like I said, so like that trailer, almost none of the Half Lifey moments mattered. It was just the like yeah. really small shit, moments shit, of. Shit. Yeah, exactly. It was stupid shit like that. It was just like, wait, you can do that because I played in a VR where it's like you shouldn't be able to do that because no one can do that. It was like, no. oh, fuck. If everything's like this, this will be amazing. Even if I hate the plot because mm -hmm. so like super hot vr why i loved it was because you were in the world and like the, the setting made sense and everything you did made sense like the fact mm -hmm. that it was you were in a game meant that like being stuck in a like a pod mm -hmm. where you you couldn't move around made sense and because of that everything i did was just super immersive other vr games tried to like as soon as you have to, have to like click to teleport you're like i'm not really walking around etc you lose that immersion. Yeah. Uh, and with this, it seems like you can move around to a certain extent, but like, if I could just, at the very least, accidentally like kick a bucket because I'm walking past a thing and then there's a, a repercussion in the world, that will mean everything to me because that's what VR is promising. It's like, mm -hmm. no, no, the space matters, paying attention to what you see versus where you're around matters. And if everything that you see matters, you're in the world. Even mm. if the story is garbage, I will love this game. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and then like I don't have a lot of faith in Valve for various reasons. <laughs> They've not made a real game in what, like a million years. Yeah. So like I don't care about. Yeah. Anyway. Really. So yeah, so that that's the thing I'm looking forward to that could go either way. Good. Good. So. They are all of the things we are looking forward to this year. Um, we'll come on to the drinks that we have drank this evening. I would say beers, but Lauren, we'll come to you yeah. first. 
You've had two drinks. You had a beer yep. and you had some gin. Which did you prefer? Which did you prefer? Hey. This was absolutely balling. Um, yeah. Smooth, rich, that way it is kind of thick and mealy in your mouth and malts come after the dates come up really, really strong date taste. But not in that awful cheeky way. Like, it's not mm. like when you picked up treacle goes out the tin. Just nice the way it sits in your palate. This has been really refreshing. It's, yeah, a nice fizzy wee aftertaste to lift you up because this stout also be a 9.5. It's quite yeah. heavy, handsome, quite light after. Lift your palate. If I had another beer, I would tan out of that. I don't. It's going to have a bit of gin for me after that. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Addo, uh, it's, it's definitely the uh, Collective Project IPA number eight. Um, so I really like the collab between... 71 and Lumi, uh, the Black IPA, I thought it did um, that like black ale tension really well. Like I got mm. a lot of maltiness from the black. Um, but I kind of felt like there wasn't the hoppiness from the IPA. Like it just, yeah. it was it was like an ale that had malty notes and it was really good that way. But I was hoping for more hop forward notes moments yeah. and then meanwhile the collective project ipa number eight uh it hit its eight percent completely uh there like i actually i'm surprised at how little sweetness was going on given that it was eight percent mm. uh it, it like tropical slightly piney nose and then the rest was just like oh actually tropical and some citrus and just like expanded in the taste and it was like if this was five percent, if you told me it was five percent, I'd be like, yeah, cool, that makes sense. Cool. Um, uh, and it just did. Yeah, the hops worked really well together, and that I think what clinched it for me was that um, in the finish there was that piney restiness taste mm. that was just really low key. So like most of the taste was up here on this like um, slightly citrus, tropical fruit, really forward. Uh, but when that faded away, there was just really like again like a step below resinousny uh, type finish that just let me enjoy it and let it sit. So I didn't need to reach for it again, and yes. it wasn't yeah. it wasn't fighting the previous thing. It was just like you finish with that taste, but also I'm going to leave you with a little something something. And mm. uh, I really enjoyed that. And um, so nice. it's a it's a fantastic beer. Uh, so I think the IPA number eight from Collective Project is my beer of the week. Nice. How about you, Ben? Nice. Um, uh, for very similar reasons, the Amundsen another half beer I think um, just works a lot better than the the previous beer from Lost and Grounded. Uh, they they kind of come through as trying to do similar kind of things, you know, a, a fruity kind of start followed by this piney finish, resinous finish. Uh, the Amundsen another half just does it a lot better. Uh, one is only an IPA, the other is a double IPA. Um, you don't get that hint of the alcohol in the double IPA. It's very balanced. It works very well. It flows very well. You get those fruits. You get that pininess. It doesn't have that big fruit finish. Got a little bit more. Um, uh, I said. I think I said at the beginning it was very flat. It mm -hmm. felt very flat, and it was a bit more like a sort of more of a traditional ale. The more I drank it, the kind of the less that that felt. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, it sat a little bit better the more I drank it. And there was, mm. there was a little bit of carbonation to it. Not a huge amount, but a little bit there. 
Uh, and I think possibly the previous beer had a level of carbonation that just maybe dulled down the, the yeah. second beer just a little bit. So that started to peek through. And, and uh, you know, the last sort of third of my beer, I really, really enjoyed of this Amundsen. So I think, well, I don't think I know, that one for me this week is the clear, um, clear better beer. Um, a good start on beers of... 2020 for all of us yep. very good start very hard to follow up it's, it's going to be like 2019 beers right at the start of the year perfect don't need anything else back half of the year nah shit mate a quick <laughs> if you'll have me i'd like to come uh, back of course with some more challenging beers and <gasps> challenging hot takes yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> we'll get further into get further into 2020 like you know next week yeah. or two weeks time <laughs> when there's been more <laughs> shit and more exactly. stuff has happened, and you'd be like, exactly. "Nah, Twitter's still shitting it. Twitter's yeah. still exactly. fucking hate-filled." Yeah. Gamers are still bullshit bastards. Yeah, it's all the same. Yeah, so, uh, if Lauren, people, or if you'd like people to <laughs> contact you to give you words of encouragement and to be nice, don't be a cunt. Be nice to Lauren on social media. How do they do that? So you can find me on Twitter at l underscore aiken, which is a i t k e n. Um, I'm usually farting around every day, um, and you can find me at vgtwitzelton.com, um, and that, that's all I fucking get. That's fair. That's good. That's good. Tweet me at me by all means. I will engage. But if your hots are, you know, your hot takes are crap, I will tell you. Or I'll send you a picture of my cats. It's a six and a half a dozen. That's the gamble yeah. you need to take. The best, the best hey, response. I mean, to be fair, your cats are amazingly adorable, mm. so it's not a Thank bad trade-off. Thank you. I do enjoy how we've rolled into cats. Yeah. Standard every week kind of chat. At all. Good, if yeah. people want to see pictures of your cat, how do they get them? Oh, I don't actually post a lot of pictures of Dorian. Um, but if you want to reach me, uh, I'm at the Omniarch on all of the things, but Twitch because I don't Twitch much, but also am the underscore Omniarch on that. Um, you can also hear me occasionally on the other podcast we have on mm. on the Out of Lives Network, which is the li uh, the live new comedy night, uh, this next act, on all your podcatchers. And in two weeks' time, you will hear the first time I hit the stage where I hosted two yeah. days ago. Um, so you can hear me doing some crowd work and doing some bad puns and then forgetting material that I meant to do but that's fine the night went well <laughs> uh, that doesn't matter yeah, yeah, as no, long I, as it was flowing right. so I mean the hosting is different from doing like a five minute set because like all mm. I need to do is make the audience comfortable so the fact that I forgot jokes I wanted to say didn't matter it matters yeah. to me because I fucking forgot and I will beat myself yeah. up about it. But like they didn't care. It didn't matter. Uh, anyway, uh, Ben, yeah, if you wanted to hassle you specifically. Um, I'm at Nova underscore 47 almost everywhere. We are tanked up cast on Twitter, on Instagram. You can go to outoflives.net and comment on any article that anyone has posted about beer and we'll come back to you. They uh, might not, but we will. Beer. Yes. Or video games. One of those two. Nothing else. That's it. We don't talk yeah, about yeah, it. I else. mean, to be fair, we like, are cutting movies away from the website. 
We have a discussion about that. So yes, go to outoflives.net as well. Go to our Facebook page. Uh, go to our YouTube channel where you can see our beautiful faces. You can see the beers that we've drank, the bottles, the can art, the bottle art, the gin that Lawrence drank this evening. Go to YouTube and look at how beautiful we are. Uh, and then just curl up for the rest of the week and probably play the games from 2019 that you haven't quite finished yet waiting for DBZ Kakarot or whatever you're going to be playing in the next week or so uh, my my, my uh, one of my resolutions is to actually start the Outer Worlds because I have owned it for three months and haven't actually opened it <laughs> outrageous outrageous oh I am a filthy casual in fact uh, can I reach it uh, is it still in the cellophane wrapper Please, please be. Uh, oh, oh no! Ah! Uh, uh, forever enshrined in everything <laughs> we do. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's also I, I I will recommend this is a solid beer if you can find the casuals beer. But I hold on to this can just for these moments. Good. <laughs> Not made anymore, but you'll find it maybe yeah. somewhere. So, for another week, we've been tanked up. Bye-bye. Ciao. www.outoflives.net